it's it's difficult but i do think that it's important to not to hold on to your identity before you were a mom as tightly as you think you should your story is evolving and you have to learn how to fit all of those puzzle pieces of your life together to make something beautiful you're listening to the start right now podcast i'm your host chloe mckenzie and i'm glad you're here for the epic conversations that will take you from aspiring to actualizing your dreams let's get started right now Welcome back to another episode of the Start Right Now podcast. I am really excited today because I've got not one, but two incredibly talented women here today to have a very important conversation. I'm here today with Fiona and Leary, the founders of Nurturing Village Co. This is a birth and postpartum doula business. and They have a passion for evidence-based care and perinatal mental health. These two ladies came together to found this company out of a mutual desire to create this trusted village of people that can support Black and Indigenous and people of color through their birth experiences. We're going to hear today not only about the ways in which they've come together to build this business, but how their own personal experiences really started to shape the way they have brought this project to life and how they keep refining and evolving their business so that they can provide the best care possible for their clients. So that was super long-winded, but they've got a lot to share. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Fiona and Leary. Thank you so much for having us. Yay, yay, yay. So much juice. We were just chatting about this is, you know, after hours, kids bedtime, we're we're all kind of listening at the door for, for the kids running in and out. So, you know, listeners, bear with us. I know you have to that there too, but this is what it is. So ladies, we are going to get right into it today, starting with our rapid fire questions. You're probably going to have to answer one at a time here so you don't run over each other. But we're going to get this done. So are you ready for rapid fire? Yes. All right. Uh, first question. What are you guys working on right now? Website things. Our website's being developed. So it's like a project that has our hands full. But we're super excited about it. And we're also working simultaneously on um, our community initiative projects towards adolescence. So we're really excited about um, that too. Very cool. What is your superpower, if you had to say? Ooh, I think mine is my resilience. That is such a hard one. I'll just tell you what I would like my superpower to be, because I can't identify what mine is right now. Um, I would love to teleport. (laughs) Right? I could go anywhere at the drop of a dime and come right back. (laughs) Oh, we're going to have to dig into what you would would come back to. So make sure you remind me on that one. Three words to describe your creative process. Ooh, a little bit messy, chaotic, and eventually makes sense. That's way more than three words, but that kind of summarizes what I just said. (laughs) Okay, so chaotic came to mind first, so yes. (laughs) Um, And then it becomes intentional, and then it becomes beautiful. Uh, Words that you live by, or favorite quote, passage, something you hold close. I have always said live love and laugh like to myself as a kid and it's just stuck with me and I try to do those three things daily um in some capacity I think the one that stands true to me is with everything that we go through there really can be a a purpose behind it if you look for it I like that a lot I'm with you those are both good ones and name something you can't live without my phone 
<laughs> Honestly, I'm a nerd for saying this, but my Bible. Yes, <laughs> we got a range here from from the Bible to the phone. We got all things represented here. That's totally good with me. Now, ladies, uh, we have been in touch just recently. We're we're new buds. I want to say congratulations on being semi-finalists in the Total Mom Show competition. What was it like to receive that news? It was really emotional for me because I kind of said, hey, Fiona, let's enter into this thing with no intention, like no expectations. Let's just give it a shot. So knowing that we made it to the semifinals was like a big accomplishment. I cried a little bit and then I did a couple of happy dances and happy squeals. Like I just went through the whole spectrum. I'm really proud of stepping out of our comfort zone and, and doing something so big. Yeah. When Larry first told me, I don't think it hit me at first. Like, oh, it didn't. She was like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, but then like, as, as we kept kind of going with, the things that were happening, it was like, wow, like we're the top a hundred out of in Canada. Like that is huge. Knowing that our, our little startup is is really important and it's being recognized by some really important people, that alone has like refueled us to just like keep going really hard in the things that we're we're doing behind the scenes. No kidding. Definitely feel that imposter syndrome kind of creeping in like who am I what top one <laughs> but in all seriousness what an incredible initiative to support uh, moms that are really trying to grow uh, their business grow their projects um, because motherhood we know is a huge transition for moms period right whether you have the most perfect uh, birth experience which we know nobody does um but for your transition as mothers and the impact of your own birth experiences seems to be a pretty significant part of how your mission and your business has come together. Yeah. So why don't we start there? How did your own birth experience lead you to where you are now? Mine's a little twofold. So I had my son, um, he's now 11. And when I first had him, I, I was 17. So going through high school, trying to figure out all these different prenatal things that people tell me I need to educate myself on trying to figure out like what is my own opinion because I had so many other people telling me their opinions on what I should be doing. I walked into my my labor haphazardly not really knowing what I wanted to do or anything of the sort um, and I basically walked in and the doctors were able to just tell me what I should do and I did it. No hesitations just whatever you want me to do will do. It was a mediocre birth. Like there was no complications. Thank the Lord for that. Um, but it also wasn't very eventful. It wasn't a highlighting moment. And then my postpartum experience was just <laughs> catastrophic. Like there was just so many things that I didn't know were going to be hitting me. And they just kept coming and kept coming. And even with the village that I had around me, we didn't have a lot of information to or even resources to actually support me in the things that I was having challenges in. I had a lot of lactation issues. I had postpartum depression. I had overall just challenges trying to transition back into being a student and a parent. And a, like, there's just so many different roles that I was trying to fit back into, but nothing fit. Fast forward to about two years ago, I had 
a miscarriage. And that brought everything back up to the surface of just regret of things that I didn't do with my first pregnancy, because the reality was now, what if he's my only? Mm. Here's all the things that I didn't do. Here's all the things that I would like to do. And I don't have that opportunity. So that experience of having a miscarriage, there was just so many different layers to it. The doula community came into my my world and it was like, this is a perfect opportunity for me to be there for other families, to help them navigate this world. So they, they don't look back and say, man, had I known this, I would have done this differently. Mm-hmm. Well, let's lay it all out. You have all the options on the table. And you can make an actually informed decision on what you'd like this to look like. Mm-hmm. Can't say enough about the power of choice and making informed choices, right? What about you, Leary? I know you've got a, a similar but also complex situation. Yeah, so similar to Fiona, I became a parent as a teen. I was 18 um, when I gave birth to my first child. And I didn't have a village. I literally came back to Canada from Jamaica with, you know, I just had my dad. And my dad, God bless him, he tried his best, but he had no idea what I should be doing, where I should be going, who I should be reaching out to. So I was largely, for the most part, alone trying to figure it all out. And when my daughter was born, I experienced obstetric trauma and violence. And I didn't know that that's what it was at the time because I wasn't educated. But I remember how I felt and those feelings, along with the stress of becoming a mom at 18, moving back to Canada and not having anyone to support me at that time, like I was depressed and I lived with postpartum depression unknown, like not knowing that it was postpartum depression for about two years until I went to my um, counselor on campus and she kind of opened my eyes. And ever since then, I've kind of really been trying to help people in my immediate circle, not go through the things that I went through and at first, I didn't know that I was dueling. And when I realized, hey, this is what a doula does, I was like, yes, this is for me. Like, I'm here for this. I want to educate people who are going to give birth so that literally I don't want anyone to have to go through what I went through because it was very traumatic and it it wasn't a good experience. So I think that if you have the information out there and if you have a village and nurturing village co, like, you have the opportunity to walk into this new phase of life with a higher outcome of experiencing a positive birth or experiencing a positive fourth trimester. So that's how I ended up here. <laughs> well, these are really heavy experiences and you know, ones that are not necessarily often talked about. And it could have been very easy for you both to be in this place, in this hole where you felt stuck in your circumstance, um, you know, not necessarily creating all these opportunities, finding purpose, moving towards something that would allow you to use your experience in a really impactful way. How did you guys channel that to pull yourselves out of it and to, you know, purposefully decide, you know, I'm going to let this experience fuel me versus weigh on me? For me, I go to therapy, I do a lot of therapy and it's really helpful for me. And I also decided that I wanted to reclaim my identity and reclaim my story. I am the one, I get to decide how I want my story to be told because when I became a teen parent, people were telling my story for me. They were telling me what my ending was. And at that time I was just like, okay, sure. 
my life is over. Sure, I'm not gonna, you know, like get to do all the things that I, I wanted to do. But when I pulled away from that and I said, nah, I'm capable of doing great things. I'm capable of having a happy ending. I'm capable of uplifting others to rise from the ashes. Um, it, it was healing for me. Um, and doing this work continues to help me heal because it's very much a process and it's a never ending process. It's just so, there's so many layers that I keep peeling back the longer that I'm doing this work. Um, so that motivates me. And for me, one thing that I think Leary and I both share is we are very resilient people, sometimes to a fault. Like we are just, we're always going, we're always on to the next, always trying to like problem solve and figure out like, okay, if I don't like this particular situation, what, what is within my control? What can I start to change? Because I don't like sitting in this funk. I don't like the feeling of not getting to where I want to get to. I will give kudos to my mom and my older sister for helping to instill that within me because I didn't even realize I was doing it until other people were like, wow, like you've made it so far. And I was like, what do you mean? This is what I have to do. You figure out a way, you get it done. But then I had to stop and realize that this isn't everybody's experience. Not everybody has that, I guess, level of confidence or self-reassurance that they can just pick themselves up and keep moving. It's definitely values that my mom and my sister have instilled in me. I'm just so inspired by that because, again, a lot of people could have written you off. And I'm sure women get written off every day because of their situation, especially this particular situation, being a teenage mother. Um, so I think the work that you're doing is so incredibly important. I know that you specifically serve um, the BIPOC community uh, in terms of mothers. I think there's a lot of fear for people in any industry or facet of what they're passionate about to really go deep and get specific on the person and the type of community that they want to serve. Did you encounter resistance or, you know, what was your thought process like in coming to decide, you know, we really want to specifically serve Black, Indigenous people of color? <laughs> That's, um, it's funny because Lirianne and I come from two different perspectives and the great thing about our relationship is we honestly can have great conversations that are on opposite ends of the spectrum. Passionate, throw that in there. Great passionate conversations. <laughs> yes, very big passionate conversations and still come back to the table and say, okay, now that we've gotten all the passion out, what are we really going to do? I think one thing that we had to realize is in business, you can't serve everybody. You can't. There's always someone that's not going to be happy with something that you're doing. So as we're walking into creating Nurturing Village, we needed to be honest with what is at our hearts. We, we welcome everybody by all means. Allies, come on in. You are so welcome. You will absolutely be loved and nurtured. But we also need to be mindful of our community and they don't have spaces that are safe for them. They don't have spaces where they can truly be vulnerable and open about their experiences and truly receive understanding, feel seen, feel heard. So for us, it was very important to 
create that for them. Um, I think that you put it beautifully. And I just think that like, in addition to like the disparities that black and indigenous um, birthing people face as well, like it's really important that they have people who are in their corner who are not afraid to speak up and to empower them to speak up for themselves as well. There are great doula agencies and doulas out there right now, but in the GTA specifically, the people who are focusing just on BIPOC people, they're not as accessible or as, or as present as I think that they should be. And that people in our community who need this type of care, they're not seeing them. So they may think that this isn't something that I should, this isn't a service that I should be taking part in or that this isn't a service that's created for me. So it was really important for for me to like, really like put that out there and say like, we're here for our community. And it's just like a non-negotiable for me at all, um, period, to be honest. Well, I love that you're, you are both clear on that, especially as partners, I imagine there's a lot of things that you have to (laughs) negotiate on and and agree on and have impassioned, impassioned discussions about. So, so good for you. Let's talk a little bit about the business behind the scenes, because midwifery is not new. Being a doula is not necessarily new, but you can see that you guys are very clear about your positioning and wanting to you know, go full out and, and make this a, a business that you have an impact and that you've, you've got a real presence. I've seen some of your branding and it looks super sharp. So how have you evolved from, you know, this is an idea, this is a passion, this is a mission to we're going to scale this and really make this a, a business that people can seek us out for support? Well, after working with other agencies for a while, I felt disconnected and I met Fiona doing work through agencies for a while too. So once we had a couple of conversations and I realized that we were both on the same page, I kind of like, I'm a shy person. So I was kind of like, hey, like, how do you feel about taking on this adventure together? And she was like, yes, girl. Like, why didn't you ask me before? And I was like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) And that, that was it for us, to be honest. Once we realized that we both had the same mission and we realized how very similar our stories were, it, it just clicked. I was going to say, Chloe, one of the funniest thing, our kids actually knew each other before Leary and I knew each wow. other. Wow. Our, our firstborn, they're born on the same day. Oh, and same year. Yes. So they're both 11. They just had their birthdays. <laughs> um, they actually went to the same daycare and my older sister was Leary's daughter's preschool teacher. Wow. Small world, divine intervention, one of the two, a little bit of both. Right. It was it was just totally, totally meant to be. I think both of us, it was making sure that our visions were similar. By all means we both have very different ideas for what we would like the business to become. But our roots, our values, our um, passion are very much in sync and aligned. And that is what helps us as we're having our passionate conversations, as we're trying to hone in on exactly what we want the business to stand for, that we can always just agree on. And that makes everything just flow so much better. You guys must spend a lot of time together if your your kids are, are you know, parring with each other. And that's so, so cool. They see each other so much because they haven't seen each other in months now because of this quarantine business. So then my kids are just like, 
so my I only have one son. So Josiah, um, Fiona's son, is like a big brother to my son Khalil. So he's just like, I miss Josiah. Can I talk to Josiah? Can I video call Josiah? Um, so like it, it just works even like kid wise and like family dynamic wise. It's really beautiful. <laughs> Well, you guys have so much on your plate with this business, with the kitties. How do you still find time to uh, develop yourselves? I see just in even the list of your credentials, you guys are very well studied and you have got a, a ton of things that you have individually done and collectively done to, to be sharp and to be exceptional service providers. How do you uh, tactically make time to develop yourselves in the best way to be able to deliver um, in your business? When I started out with doula work, by all means, I was not strategic in how I, how I started. I literally said, I want to do everything. <laughs> and I did birth doula work. I did postpartum work. And I just basically accepted anything and everything that I could get in the birthing world. Um but then through that, I was able to identify very quickly what things drained me and what things um, like fired me up. So once I was able to identify those things, I started to look more into things that fired me up. By all means, doula work, birth work, it truly speaks to your soul. And if your soul can't align with what you're doing, if it can't thrive off of the work that you're doing, you will burn out really quickly. For me, it became really important to kind of debrief or like decompress after each um, visit or birth that I attended to just double check with myself. Did this sit right with you? What did, what didn't? And the things that would sit right with me, that's where I started to give more of my energy. So for me, um, lactation support became a really, really big thing for me. And that's been where I'm spending the most time now because I have that ability to do it. But I think when Marianne and I come together and have these conversations, it's also paying attention to what are our strengths and how can we kind of like just continue to complement each other and how we're, we're organically finding our, our different passions and our different growth opportunities. So it's kind of a great way to divide and conquer. <laughs> for sure. And like for myself... As I've grown into myself over the year, I've learned that like I'm I'm very uh, emotional. So anything that I feel the most emotion and passion about is usually a true reflection of where my work and my time needs to be. Um, and so for me, a lot of my trainings are reflective of that, and I try to take things that are rooted in advocacy, um, are rooted in um, mental health. And that helped me grow into and get as much knowledge as I can to apply that to the work that I do. Um, and so like Fiona says, we definitely do complement each other because while I do have lactation experience, it's not my it's not my passion. And so she's the expert on that and I'm the expert on the postpartum stuff. So like it, it really it's a it's again just to say it's like a beautiful dynamic that we have here because we're able to play off of things and um, any training that I do take it has to be reflective of my values and what I believe in. There are so many different trainings out there for doulas, um, and at times like as a new doula especially it can be overwhelming to try and figure out like which one you should take. Um, 
But I think that like just advice for anyone who's listening to this, who wants to become a doula, you have to pick the organization that reflects your values and like it aligns with, with your soul truly. Um, because what they teach you is what you're going to bring into your work and tell your clients. And if it doesn't align, it just won't feel right. We try our best to be each other's accountability partners. So if there's certain aspects personally um, that we see, we'll call each other out on it. And it's great because it challenges us to grow. It pushes us to be the best version of ourselves that we can be. Any kind of area that we um, we start to see within each other that like, you know, maybe we do need a little push. Um, it's, it's great that we are able to work on that together. What have you learned most about yourself in this process? I'm impatient. I care so much about this work that I'm impatient with the fact that the government and other people are not as fired up about it as I am and that it's not something that's yet available and accessible to everyone. So I just really want it to be accessible. Um, but I know I don't have the power to make it as accessible as I hope it can be. Um, so I'm trying to be patient and to like trust the process and to trust that someone higher up is going to take notice and say like doula work and doula care should be some a standard of care, period. Just like midwifery care. Finding my voice again has been huge for me. After I had my son, I was so wrapped up in trying to be a good parent, trying to be a good girlfriend slash fiance slash wife, trying to be a good student, a good daughter, a good, like so many things that I was trying to be good at that I neglected myself to the fullest capacity that I became numb. I became so, so numb. Um, for me, as I went through the miscarriage, as I went through um my doula work and all of that stuff, it's really helped me to get back in touch with myself. It's helped me to um, be comfortable with saying things that are, you know what, maybe gonna upset somebody, some people, <laughs> but they're gonna get upset anyway, right? So just give them something to be actually upset about. Um, or use my voice in a way to help encourage somebody else or just, be a reference point for someone going through something similar that, you know what, you can come out of it. So being more comfortable with my voice has been my big thing, I guess. Just in terms of my personal reflection, I do want to say that I think I realized that I'm valuable because when I was going through postpartum depression, I still live with anxiety, but when I was really going through like the deep parts of the postpartum depression, I would constantly hear stories like to, that I would be telling myself that like, I wasn't valuable. Like I was just a mom. And what what's so important about being just a mom? And I couldn't get out of that bubble for a long time. And I've been able to kind of step outside of that and look at my whole being holistically and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm so valuable. Like I'm necessary to everything that's going on here. And that. that's so empowering for me. Yeah. And that has taken years. <laughs> and years to reach this point but definitely it's so easy to get trapped in that the transition into motherhood uh it's an identity that can yes. become all-encompassing and and can suck a lot of other parts out of you so i appreciate um that re reflection very much for sure so let's talk about how 
you have come together, your latest project, the postpartum mapping session, you're really intentional about putting a process together to support your clients. So tell us a little bit about that. Postpartum road mapping session um, came about because we consistently were seeing that clients weren't ready for the postpartum period. And the postpartum period truly is once you have your baby and it never ends. <laughs> like once you have a child, that period is forever. Um, but specifically, we're talking about like the first six, six weeks after you give birth. You're not only going through a physical recovery of what just transpired, whether it's a vaginal birth or a cesarean birth, you're also undergoing an emotional transition. You're also undergoing um, an identity trans transition. And a lot of cultures out there, excluding the Western culture, um, they recognize that. They have systems already in place in their culture to support postpartum parents, but the Western community doesn't have them. So we wanted to create a resource um, for people to have intentional conversations about their postpartum period so they can start getting themselves and their village ready for what's to come. Totally. And that looks like in addition to mapping out the immediate things that you're going to need, like your nipple pads and your nipple cream and stuff like that, like the tactical things, it looks like having conversations about boundary setting. Um, who do you want in your home um, for those first six weeks? Who do you want to have conversations with? Um, and also boundaries with your partner and like discussing the dynamics of the relationship because relationships change. Like the baby is born and then everything changes too. And I think that people don't really think that part through. And when they hit a bit of road bumps in their relationships, they get angry about it. But if you plan for that or just have the conversations like Fiona says, it's easier to reflect back on it and kind of say, okay, what is really causing this tension between us now? Is it because you didn't wash the dishes or is it because we're both tired because we're not getting a full night's sleep right now because the baby's up at night? Um, so it's like looking at it from a broader scale and trying to prepare you for all of the different changes. And it's a one-on-one -on -one session um, with either one of us. And we think it's really important because like Fiona said, you're postpartum forever. And once you have that postpartum plan, everything else kind of starts to fall into place. Things you didn't think of in terms of like your birth plan or your birth, um, you can start filling in the gaps from there. Yeah. And, and with that, you can also um, identify who in your village, whether you need to create a village um, with higher support or if that's calling upon your friends, or if that's calling upon your family, whatever your village looks like, um, you can call upon them in different capacities where they are also comfortable fitting. Because not everybody can give you their time. Not everybody can give you financial support. So also being mindful of, you know what, people are going to want to help, but just they need options that are within their capacity to do so you get to now have those conversations with them before your baby comes and they get ready. You're getting ready. There's a lot of, not as much tension when the baby comes, there's not as much questions and potentially um, hurting people. So I say that gent like with air quotes, because 
it is your experience. It's your baby. It's your family that you're creating. And you need to protect that. That is your first priority now. Making sure that you, your baby, your family unit, whatever it might look like, is doing what's best for that family unit. Other people, they will get over it if they truly love you. They'll get over it. They'll come to a place of understanding. But having conversations before baby comes really reduces a lot of those conflict type of situations that it's better for everyone if we can avoid. So there are a lot of people listening to this conversation who are mothers who are going through just the things that you have described and finding ways to manage this transition of motherhood while holding on to their identity and finding ways to pursue the things that are still important to them. So you advocate for people in this situation, but you've also clearly done it yourself. So what advice could you give to any moms or parents who are listening um, and how they can maintain their identity and uh, still push towards the things that they're doing while managing all the things that is motherhood? I think that's a really good question. And it's, it's difficult, but I do think that it's important to not to hold on to your identity before you were a mom as tightly as you think you should, because you're blossoming into a better version of that past self. Um, what I've learned is that there's no way to just be that that person before because you have a your mom now or however you identify if you're a dad and your baby is a part of your life your narrative is changing is evolving your story is evolving and you have to learn how to fit all of those puzzle pieces of your life together to make something beautiful letting go of that past self in a way gives you the opportunity to transition into your new self easier i know that's a really long-winded but i think it's the truth giving yourself grace as well as you try to discover who you are as a mother, as a parent, it's going to keep you sane. There's no such thing as a perfect parent. We all screw up. We're doulas. We make mistakes too as parents. And just being able to say, it's okay that I'm really tired today and I didn't get to do all of the things. I'm going to take a nap. That's so much more helpful than saying to yourself, oh man, I really messed up today and beating yourself up and repeating that negative thought cycle over and over again. So the more grace you show yourself, the better it is for you. Like part of our postpartum conversation is coming to the understanding that everyone experiences some form of um, mourning. The part of that recovery process, sorry, is you mourning your old life. You go through a period of, um, of sadness almost because something is ending. That old version of you is coming to an end. And then you go through this neutral stage where you're kind of like, I don't know if I like this yet, but I'm kind of okay with it. Like you're kind of just dancing between the lines almost. And then you come to this realization that there is something beautiful for me. It's different. There's still pieces of that old me that is still true because that that's your foundation. That, those are your values. That's going to remain the same. Maybe a couple things are going to be added on. Um, but you are going to absolutely be someone slightly different. And having that expectation in your mind changes your reality. Because if you expect, like Larry was saying, that you're going to be that same person, it's going to be really hard and you're going to fight the process. But if you have that expectation already um, there that, you know, I am going to be slightly different, you, you accept it faster almost, or at least a little smoother. You are 
a person. You, you, you are an individual outside of your role as a parent. So you need to be honest with yourself about what are the things that you need as an individual. Do you need social interactions? Do you need time to yourself? Do you need um, time with nature? Do you like, is there a hobby that you need? Whatever that thing is, given that it's healthy for you, <laughs> um, you need to talk with your, your circle. You need to talk with um, the people that are supporting you to make sure that you can get that for yourself. Because if your cup is empty, I promise you from experience, you're not putting out the best version of yourself. And your, your child will thank you for doing it later. The healing the um, the time that you're going to give yourself, you will be an even better parent for taking that necessary time. So it goes back to like that relationship piece that we spoke about earlier, like your relationship with yourself involve, evolves too. And you have to set boundaries for yourself that you can hold yourself accountable. Right. It's like one thing to say like, oh, I'm going to take a nap. And then like, for example, like every new mom does this and then they clean the kitchen or like they find like they need to reorganize the closet or something like you need to get really comfortable with holding yourself accountable to fill up your own buckets. Um, and the better it's a muscle. So the more you do it, the better you get at it. Just keep doing it. It's hard at first, but it gets easier. Yeah. Um, and I think the last thing I'll say is parenting, no matter how many children you have, it's a learning process. Every child you have is different. <laughs> I promise you they're all different. <laughs> so what worked with one child won't necessarily work with your next. Um, so back to what Larry was saying, allowing yourself to have grace, giving yourself compassion to say like, I'm learning what to what is best in this situation. I promise you and we all okay. make it up to, as we go along to some degree. Everyone. <laughs> we do. Don't don't let Instagram fool you. Yes. <laughs> She'd be a very good improviser for sure. Well, clearly you know a thing or two about how to help mothers through this incredible beautiful, rich, challenging, messy time of our lives. Um, where can people connect with you and, and how can they work with you? Um, so you can connect with us on Instagram and Facebook at Nurturing Village Co. Um, and if you would like to work with us, you can book a consultation with us by clicking on the scheduling link in our Instagram bio and also by booking with us on our website. We are booking prenatals, classes, and a birth and postpartum doula support into 2021 as well. So if you're interested, give us a shout. Wonderful. Well, this was such an inspiring conversation. You know, takeaways for me is just your story is something that you get to decide. You're not defined by even the most challenging moments in your life and labels that people want to assign to you have nothing to do with you um, and your own feelings about who you are. And also just the opportunity to find balance really starts with taking accountability and asking for the resources that you need to be able to fill up your cup and show up as your best self. So thank you for those reminders because I'm I'm in it right now with my, my two little babies. So thank you for this. But this was an awesome conversation. Thank you, Larry and Fiona, for being on today's episode.